All right, we'll go ahead and start. Uh, I remember the first time I can remember coming up short at a cash register was when I was at a Christian camp. I think I was 13 years old, something to that, around that age. And they had a Christian bookstore there, and I went to the Christian bookstore, and I, I had $10 that I could spend for the whole week. I had $10. And I remember going there, and I, I think I had about $7 left. And I went, and I looked, and there was a book that was $7, and I went to the register to buy it. But unfortunately, there were some taxes of some sort. And, and so I was short, and I, was, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I was totally embarrassed. I wanted to just completely melt into the floor. Fortunately, there was this lady from our church who was, who was uh, standing nearby somehow, saw me at the register with a perplexed look on my face, and came and, and, and paid the other uh, a dollar or dollar fifty or whatever it was that uh, I needed. But I remember I, I, was, I came up short, but I was barely short. And... Um, you know, but I was still short. I still couldn't get the book. Didn't matter how how short I was. Um, you know, there's other times I've gone to pay for something and I didn't have my wallet, and and I had nothing. Uh, in fact, I, I think this happened to me just the other day. Fortunately, it was in my it was in my car, so I, I just had to run it out, grab my grab it from my car, and bring it in. But I had absolutely nothing to pay for. Regardless whether I've had nothing or whether I was a dollar short, though, um, I, I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't pay for um, I couldn't pay for the item, whatever it was. I left a whole bag of basket of groceries at Walmart with the with the service department. That's been holding my life. It can be tough. <laughs> um, you know, a major portion. Paul's writings up to this point here in Romans. Uh, has been focusing on just that everybody falls short, regardless of who you are. You can be a Jew, you can be a Gentile, you all fall short. And when we look at the Roman church, there's a, a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, and there seems to be some division there. And there's almost a thought between the Jews and Gentiles that the Gentiles owe a little bit more than the Jews do. Uh, the Jews feel like maybe they don't fall as short because they're as circumcised, they're, they're circumcised, or because they are the descendants of Abraham. So because of that, um, they're barely missing the mark, whereas the Gentiles are, are farther away. And, and Paul has made it very clear, it doesn't matter who you are, you are all short. And when you're short, um, it, it, you, you cannot receive eternal life. You can't become righteous. And here in Romans 3, he shifts from the problem to the solution. So just as everyone's just as short, everyone can receive righteousness through the same way. Miss um, Gloria, would you mind reading Romans 3, 21 through 24 for us? But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. But there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, many of us know Romans 3.23. We memorized that because it's a great verse to sum up uh, the fact that we all are short. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here in this passage, the highlight is actually not verse 23. Verse 23 is setting up verse 24. So the only reason 23 is there is to remind us of what Paul has already said previously and to, to set up the fact that we can be justified. That, that's the main point here. Um, he, he points out here in these verses that righteousness never came from the law. It was always through faith. Um, and that it is possible only for the blood of Jesus Christ to pay the penalty. Um, now here I'd, I'd ask the students to turn to page 37 in their personal study guide and just ask them what word or phrase stands out to them in verse 24 specifically. And I think some of those words that, that might stand up to them, out to them are justified. Um, also, the word freely, justified freely uh, by his grace might stand out to them. Um, th these are words that, that help us understand what's happening when Christ redeems us. And when it says they're justified by his grace... As a gift, um, and, and that's what my version says here, that it, it's, it's justified as a gift in verse 24. And the, the Greek there places an emphasis, a specific emphasis on the source of the grace. The grace does not, it, it, it's, does not come from the receiver. It comes specifically from the giver. It comes from his, the, the word his there right, right before grace. It comes from God. It, it's specifically highlighting the fact that the gift comes from God. It is not deserved. Um, if you were going to, if you went and gave somebody a free gift and they said, no, I don't want that. Or they said, well, let me pay for that. Here, here, I, you know, I, I have some money. They, they pull out their wallet and they, they, they pull some cash out and they try to pay you for the free gift that you're giving them. Uh, that would be pretty insulting to, to you as the giver. And here, just as God gives us the gift freely, if we try to pay for it, it's no longer a gift. And he is trying to emphasize to the Jews and the Gentiles there is nothing they've done to pay for this, nothing they've done to deserve it. It comes completely from God because gifts cannot be paid for. Uh, a great question in your study guide is on page 37, and it asks, how does verse 24 counter the reality of verse 23? And, and the reason I think it's a great question is because most of the people in your Sunday school class are going to know 23 really well. Um, but what do you think, Ms. Glory? What, ver, looking at verse 24, how does verse 24 provide the solution to verse 23? Well, verse 23 says, all have sinned and fall short. How are we going to even measure up to understand the glory of God if mm -hmm. we're not justified? We're all sinners. Our, our scripture today, remember verse says, there's none righteous, no, not one. 
Mm-hmm. And, and they're here in, now in verse 24, we're justified mm-hmm. um, through grace. Uh, I'm going to read uh, 25 and 26, the, the next two verses here. It says, God presented him as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declared righteous, the one who has faith in Jesus. There's a couple words that jump out at us. One is the propitiation or expiation. The, the idea, uh, you know, those are big words, but the idea is it is completely blotted out. It is completely covered. Expiation means to, to completely cover over. Uh, propitiation, I, I put that in the guide there. And, and what it means is to satisfy the wrath of God, to completely satisfy uh, the punishment. Uh, so it is completely covered over. Uh, the, the second thing that, that stands out is that he passed over the sins previously committed. I, I've always sat there just theologically and wondered about this idea of what happened before Christ, all of the sins that happened before Christ came. What happens to those? How, how is Abraham justified by faith when there's no blood of Jesus yet? And, and here it just specifically talks about that. Look, God restrained himself. He showed us mercy and he passed over those sins previously committed because he knew that they would be justified by, by, uh, by Christ. Uh, him in, in his complete sovereignty and his complete foreknowledge knew what would happen, and he passed over the sins that were previously committed. Um, and on page 38 in their study guide, they, they have the question, how would you explain Jesus' atoning sacrifice for our sins to a person who is not a believer? And, and I think this is a great question to ask because many of us haven't thought through this. And if, even if we have thought through this, we've never had to explain it to somebody else. How does Jesus' death um, take on our sin? And uh, just the idea, I, there's a couple different ways that I explain it. Um, one is talking through sacrifice, Old Testament sacrifice, and this idea of uh, punishment, sin and punishment, or, or action and, and punishment that comes from it. And so Jesus' punishment, uh, Jesus was punished and took our punishment directly. And, and one of the things that I use to explain that is uh, I, I have a son, you know, Riley, and um, there was one time that he did something wrong and, and I took him to his room to spank him for it. Um, however, instead of spanking him, I, uh, I, I uh, hit my own leg in, in the same way. And, and I demonstrated to him and I explained to him uh, that he no longer needed to be punished because I was punished for him. Um, but I couldn't just not punish somebody because he had done something that deserved it. Um, another way that I, I try to explain it is uh, if you imagine a, a cup that's filled to the brim with, with a beverage, let's say Coke, it's filled to the brim with Coke. And this cup itself cannot get rid of the Coke inside of it. Mm-hmm. 
because it's completely full. Um, so it, it, it can't, uh, it can't take away what it already has. And, and if you had two different cups full of Coke, one couldn't take this, the Coke from the other one because it's, it's full in itself. And that's us and our sin. We're completely full to the brim with sin. And Christ, he can take our sin only because he is completely empty. If he had even a drop of sin, then all of our sin wouldn't fit in, in, in this cup. And, and we talked earlier um, uh, I, I believe Adam was mentioned already, but the full explanation comes in chapter 5. There, there's a detailed explanation. We're going to get that to that in a few weeks of how it, sin entered into the world through Adam. And because that made us all guilty, the same way Christ is able to make us all righteous to, to cover over that. All right, um, and, and here I'm going to ask the group to listen for questions that Paul uses to show that there's no place for boasting about personal accomplishments. And, and this is just to, to once again highlight the fact that no matter how good we are, no matter how many dollars we have in the spiritual bank account, we don't have enough to pay for our sin. So I'm going to read 27 and 28 and just be listening for the questions uh, Paul uses to illustrate that there's no place for boasting. He says, where then is boasting? It is excluded. Well, by what kind of law? By one of works? Did the, did the law of works exclude this? No. On the contrary, by the law of faith. For we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from works. So what are the, some of the questions Paul used there? Who can boast? And what do we boast? All right, we, we have no right to boast whatsoever, right? These, these are clearly rhetorical questions where the answer is, where is boasting? It, it, it's gone. And then he answers it, right? Um, Man is justified by faith, and because of that, it doesn't matter how, how many dollars we have, we're short, but God provides enough. Just like that friend from church came over and paid for my book, Jesus comes and pays uh, for our righteousness. He, he imputes his righteousness on us, which just means that it's no longer our works God looks at. When God looks at us to evaluate us, he sees the work of Christ. Um, on page 40 uh, your, of your, your student guide, of the student guide, has this question. How does salvation being offered to all impact how believers should relate to other people? What do you think about that? Well, they all, all have the same worth mm -hmm. as far as God. Mm -hmm. and we all have the same need right oh. I, I i think uh i think often we can see believers and non-believers or or people who came from a christian home and people who didn't come from a christian home as having more or less that we owe god that's what he was saying to the jews today that are Sunday school lesson for today absolutely he, he's setting this part up right mm -hmm. and 
And so we relate to other people in, in ways um, it, it, that is affected by that. And what I, the reason I think it's, it's a great question to ask is it, it's getting people thinking, how do I relate? How do I relate to those who are believers? How do I re- relate to those who are unbelievers? And how should I change how I approach this? So at this point in time, uh, how, how I've set it up, and well, before I, I go further, uh, Paul here is concluding that no man can boast in his own righteousness, right? Because salvation comes and always has come through faith. So he, here at this point in time, right, we're, we're, we have one big argument we're going through. And, and that's why sometimes it's hard that we're even breaking Romans up to different weeks because it's really one argument. Um, and, and so he, he's talked about how about the guiltiness of all of us. And here he's transitioning through faith, how Jew or Gentile, all are saved through faith. Um, and here's the takeaway I, I, I think we can have from this passage specifically. Just as God justifies all people through faith, we need to love all people regardless of their background, race, status, or amount of sin that they have. Uh, many of the people in our Sunday school class are going to be saved. If they're not saved, then they need to know that they owe. Uh, but if they are saved, then, then I think this passage is just a, a reminder. We shouldn't be like the Jews from the Roman church who thought they owed less than the Gentiles did. Instead, we need to recognize that we all owe the same, and we need to try to help those um, who, who haven't so, been covered by Jesus. I think we're so good that we don't need him to. Absolutely. And... I know I do this. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I, and, and because when I look at my life and subconsciously I think that I'm a pretty good person, I don't realize how bad my sin is. And, and, and so I'm not, sometimes I'm not as just as broken about the things I do wrong as I should be about maybe who somebody who who didn't have that background to, to kind of uh, fall back on. Uh, so here they there's a couple of bullet points on page 42 of the personal study guide uh, that if you have time, if you have extra time in your lesson, you can use those um, to just read the point and, and get feedback. And this is just a time where you can facilitate a lot of discussion if there, if there is time and they haven't been able to, to share earlier. Um, but the main thing is they have an application question and it, it says this, what can you and members of your Bible do to intentionally show love to people who are different from you? And when will you start? And I think this is a great uh, time to mention uh, Love First Ministry. And that, that's great. And um, to encourage people to be in prayer. Uh, you know, there's, there's only so many people who can go out and rip houses apart. And there's only so many people who can, um, you know, go during the day and, and, and meet with kids or, or whatever. But we can all be praying. And uh, I, think, I think that'll be, make a huge difference in, in not only our church but in the community. All right. Well, um, 
at this point, um, I'm, I'm just going to close this in prayer. Um, but I, I think it's, again, important uh, because Paul is being so careful to build his argument in this way um, that we just need to remember we do not boast in us. We boast in the Lord. And, and I think sometimes we stop boasting in ourselves, but we don't replace it with boasting in the Lord. And to, to constantly be remembering ourselves who God is in our lives and what he's done, but also to be boasting about that and telling other people about him. Um, all right, let's pray. Dear God, I, I just pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to boast in your salvation. God, I just pray for our church that, that our hearts will be uh, turned more and more to you every day, that we will draw closer to you and we will draw uh, large in our appreciation for how much you have done for us that, that we could not have done any of it. We could not pay for ourselves. We are all short. Um, but we just thank you for, for, the, for the blessing of salvation, the free gift, as Paul described it here in these passages. And Lord, help us to be able to be so excited about that, that, that we boast and tell all others, regardless of who they are, regardless of whether uh, we think they're close enough to God or not, um, and uh, that we will be in prayer for them and actively serve them. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, thank you. You can work on this now. I have to start Sunday night.